you know, Francis, uh, the last few weeks, I've been watching um, the great thing about podcasts, right? Just being able to see these services online. I've been really trying to catch the heart of God for what he's been doing in your midst. And I know the leaders and Francis have just really felt like the Lord just wanted you guys to go to another level relationally, right? That this whole idea of being a big church doesn't have to be, like, disconnected. It really can be God visiting us through his Holy Spirit, connecting us with one another at a very deep level. And I know that's the heart of uh, Cornerstone these days and on into the future. So Francis said, would you just come out and talk about connection, talk about community? And being about 400 out there, I mean, we can kind of get after it. And I thought, wow, what would it be like to be like 4,000, 5,000? It'd be a real challenge. So what I thought I'd do today is just be really, really practical about how to make connection heart-to-heart really happen between believers, and then with those that don't yet know the Lord. So that's where we're going today. So would you guys just grab your Bible? Good luck staying with me on this. I'm going to be all over Scripture, and boy, connection and God's heart to really connect with Him and with each other is from the beginning to the end, right? Cover to cover. So I'm going to be in a number of different passages, but um, I want to start with one from a Galatians that really, I think, sets the, the tone for this whole time together. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, maybe the first part of that sentence, you're like, okay, duh, kindergarten level, like, be good. I mean, we're telling our kids that all the time. We kind of know, okay, be good. Be good as what? Opposed to being evil, right? Opposed to hurting people. Being good. But you know what really captured my attention the last, probably the last six months or so, is we've been really talking about community and connection you know, 10 miles down the road, is that whole idea is that we should be prioritizing those that know the Lord, the family of God first. Why do you think that is? Why do you think God would challenge us to really be good and do good in action and in truth with the body of believers first? Well, if we can't do it, right, if we can't accomplish this in the power of the Holy Spirit, what do we have to offer the world? Christianity really is a sham if the love of God doesn't so transform you and me that we actually can take the same love that God keeps showering on us, his love, his grace, his forgiveness, and all that, and start giving it out to other people. And he said, that's so important. I want you to do it with each other first and foremost. I want there to be such a contagious sense of the love of God and his grace flowing in between all the members of the body of Christ that it becomes compelling and it becomes very, very bright in a dark world. And uh, there are a couple other verses that say the same thing. First Peter 1.22 says, Love one another deeply from the heart. I think it's, it's fun and it can be maybe easy just to send a nice little note or an email here and there or say nice things, but to really love one another, how? Deeply from your heart is, is really another level. Deeply means it's going to cost you something. Deeply means it's really well thought out. Deeply means you're doing something to get past your life and get focused on the needs of other people around you in your community, your neighborhood, someone at work. And you're just saying, I I need to, from a heart level, show you that you really matter. You matter to God and you matter to me. That's not an easy thing, but boy, it's so clear in Scripture. 1 John 3, 18. Let us not love with just words and tongue, but with what? Actions, like actually 
get past talking or thinking about it and put it into play. Really start mixing it up with people that we know and love and have the truth of what God has done in my life. I share that with another person. And I start to see what he might want to do when two people start connecting heart to heart. And it's a cool adventure when you get past yourself and start connecting like that. So is it clear from Scripture that God calls us to community and connectedness? I mean, it couldn't be more clear. Because the greatest commands we know, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Everything that you are, the best of you on any given day, poured into your relationship with God. And then that you would love one another as you love yourself. How much do you love yourself? Well, you focused on what you're going to wear today, what you're going to have for breakfast, what the air conditioning in the car would be. I mean, it's all about us most of the time, where we want to go eat lunch, you know, what the rest of our day, if we're taking that nap, if we're walk, watching that NASCAR race or that game or whatever, and we get wrapped up in taking real good care and loving ourselves. And God says, no, when my love comes into your life and starts taking over, you look past yourself and the love of God just fills you up on the way out. <laughs> it fills you up on the way out out to other people. So it is really clear. But the question, is it automatic? Is loving one another automatic? I mean, look at the person next to you. Is it automatic? Tell them it's not automatic. Just tell them, loving you is not automatic. Okay? All right. It's not automatic, and it's not easy. But we're still called to do it, right? How are we going to pull that off? By the power of God that lives in us. But there are these fears. When you think of connecting with someone, let's say you don't know them that well yet, and you think about starting a conversation, getting to know them, right? All of a sudden you start facing or you start realizing there are some fears there. What kind of things do we become afraid of when we start trying to connect with someone we don't know very well yet? What kind of fears? Okay, that's a key one. Fear of judgment. You kind of just feel like they're going to size you up. They're going to, man, if they come into your house, you are not Martha Stewart, you know. You know, the dog's crazy. The kids maybe, you know, the marriage, it's just not perfect. We, I just don't know if I can let anyone into my world because I might get compared or measured or judged. Um, what else? What are the fears? Yeah, fear rejects. When you get judged by someone... Or you fear that the next thing is now they're going to shun me. I'm sure I won't measure up to their standard. Whether they live it or not, they probably have a standard, right? And so whatever that standard is, I don't, I don't look like that yet. And so I could get shunned. I could get rejected. I might even get exposed. And uh, boy, you see that in the garden, don't you? When uh, Adam and Eve sinned and they fell, you know, they, they were exposed. They had sin going on and they... We're distant from God. We have that same feeling when we're living just in the process of growing up in the Lord. You guys feel that? Just like, I don't know if I want everyone to know like what I'm struggling with or, you know, where I want to see victory or just the, the tensions or stress I'm dealing with right now. It's just hard to actually take off the mask, let the walls down a little bit because you kind of feel vulnerable. Well, God says we can face each of those fears, whether it's rejection or judgment or exposure or even how about a fear of sacrifice? Have you guys kind of thought this through over the last month, just going for me to actually start building connection at a heart level with another person or some people in my neighborhood or in that group or in my community, at that barbecue or whatever, it's going to cost you something. You guys dealt with that yet? I mean, I've got this guy who walks up and down my street every day. He's exercising, an older gentleman. He has a bum knee and he got surgery and all that. And I'm, 
I remember the first time, I'm like, how do I, like, strike up a conversation, you know? And I'm busy in my garage, you know, it's got to be swept perfect. I'm going, what am I doing? One gust of wind, it's all back inside anyway, right? <laughs> Get out there. And I'm like, uh, okay. And I'm like, I, don't, I think his name is Frank. And you just kind of have to start something and get out of the comfort zone and just say, you know what, whatever the fear is, I can face it. I can take some time. I can sacrifice my agenda, my need, my whatever my day is to really slow down and start connecting with someone that I may not know. Or a brother or sister in Christ I don't know very well in order to do something for them, right? Well, 1 John 4.18 says, Perfect love casts out what? Those fears can be cast out the more we receive and understand the love of God, right? When you start understanding how much he loved you, what he did by going to that cross, the fact that it's unconditional, he gave you all his love up front. You don't have to earn it, perform for it. It's just there. It just is. He loves you. You're the apple of his eye, and so are you, and so are you. I mean, we're all like the apple of his eye. How does that work? Well, because he's God. So he calls you special and unique, and you just go, wow, his love for me is amazing. That love is perfect. That start to, starts to cast out some of those fears of relating to other people. And as we give godly love to one another, it starts taking those fears out of the way in that relationship too. But it's not automatic and it's not easy. We've got to face, face the fear and then step out in faith, right? Remember Peter in the boat, right? Jesus, he's out there walking on the water. I mean, how many of you would just like, I want to do that. I want to do that. It's like, come on out. Well, all of a sudden you're like, really? Really? And this morning the Lord says, I really want you to come on out. I really want you to test me in this. I want you to get past whatever fears may be there. And I want you to really walk on water relationally. I want you to see the supernatural spirit of God work in relationships like you've never seen it work. Past all those fears, exposure, judgment, rejection, sacrifice, past it all. But how? Well, I want to give you just three things that are really, really basic. Okay? But I guarantee if we would put this stuff into practice today... All of a sudden, God's ability to minister to other people through your life and connect you will happen in, in ways you've never seen. Here we go. The first one is to know your identity in Christ. If I told you today that you are a son of the King of Kings or a daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that you're actually royalty. The day you understood who Christ was as, as your potential Savior and then you just... You launched out in faith and you said, yes, forgive me too, Lord. You did it all on that cross. I receive it. You just put your hands out. The gift is there and you receive the gift. That moment, he said, he sealed you in the Holy Spirit. And you are a son or a daughter of the King of kings and Lord of lords. How's that feel? You're royalty. Well, what if I said, that's, uh, let me add a couple other verses. First John 3, 1 says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You're like, wow, I'm a child. I'm a beloved son or daughter of the king. What if I said 2 Corinthians 5.17? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. New stuff is coming. New stuff has come. You would go, wow, I'm, I'm, a, I'm royalty. I'm a son of the king. I'm a new creation in Christ. He's taken the old stuff away. It's all new in him. Philippians 4.13. I can do everything through Christ to what? gives me strength. I won't face anything in this life. Whatever comes today, next week, next month, if he gives me a year to live, whatever that year has in store, guess what? 
He will give you the strength to face it and bring him glory through it. No matter what. Really. And Colossians 2.10, you have been given fullness in Christ. Think of fullness. I mean, I think of a cup that just kind of just keeps getting poured in and all of a sudden it's just falling all over the place, right? It's just overflow. Well, another verse or another translation says that we're complete or been made complete in Christ. There's nothing that you and I lack, right? If we know Jesus Christ, we get it all. Isn't that amazing? Well, how are you feeling about yourself right now? That feels good, right? To realize that's what God in heaven right now with all the angels surrounding his throne praising him, that's what he thinks of me? That he'd even be mindful of me? That he even cares about my life and all the little minutia things and all the stupid things I do and the way I need to confess this or that or what's happening with that job or that person or you know my car? I mean, he cares and knows. And he says, you're the apple of my eye. That should really give you a strong sense of identity. It's your Christ identity. If you want to call it your Christ esteem. Too many people talk about self-esteem. You know where your, your esteem comes from? Your identity? It comes from your Savior. Because he adopted you back into God's family. That makes you really, really secure. You know why people live in fear of those relationships? Because they still have so many insecurities. And those fears are ruling their life. The foundation of our identity in Christ starts to give us the ability to get past those fears. Um, boy, you know, everyone is talking about being real and authentic. It's like all the advertisements, everything is dress it down, be real, be just, you know, almost like I just got out of bed. That's who I am. I'm right here. I didn't brush my teeth because I knew you'd appreciate it. You know, that kind of thing. Just let's, let's be real and authentic and just, but the reality of scripture is we really should relate to each other like that without labels, without kind of like relating to each other in our underwear, you know? Instead of saying like, whoa, fruit of the looms, come on, dude, boxers, you know? Um, but when we get into the world and we get transformed and squeezed by the world, we have to start identifying ourselves with what we wear, what we drive, the watch we have, where we go, where we spend our vacations, you know, what side of town we live on or here or there. We start trying to find our identity and our positioning from the world. And it's like directly opposite with the kingdom of God. He says, I'm going to give you your identity right up front when you come to Christ. Now you're royalty. You're a son or daughter of the king. You're my child, and I have a plan for your life. Then we don't have to try to go to the world to create an identity and be cool in anyone's eyes. We're just really real about who we are in God. That gives us an ability to stop what I, what I call kind of the, the games playing of the world, you know, the positioning and all. God really gives you freedom there. And you, you don't have a mistaken identity, you have a Christ identity. From that foundation, you have power to then relate to other people. Because the way they respond to you or react to you doesn't really matter. You can give them love, you can start to connect and not really worry about their response or what they think that that means you are or aren't. And there's real freedom there. And where there's freedom, great things happen in the Lord, right? So we need to, first of all, know our identity in Christ. And then secondly, from that place of security in the Lord, we start going out and engaging people. We just start engaging them in relationships and in conversation. Our world has gotten so fast. I mean, the name of the day these, these days seems to be efficiency and speed and more. So when your culture is efficiency and speed and more, there's no time for what? Really diving in deeply from a heart level one person to another and in the body of Christ. So how do we really engage people? I want to give you a couple 
a couple of things I think God's really done and taught, taught me on. The first is just we got to ask good questions and listen carefully. you got to learn to ask really good questions and then what? And then you just got to stop talking. And what are they sharing? What are they talking about? How can I follow that up with another question to get more clarification, to really care enough to ask them about their life? Where in Scripture does it tell us to do that? Well, how about James 1.19? Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. In our culture, we like to talk a lot. How many of you like to hear yourself talk? I mean, we're just people that like to talk about our lives. Well, that's a good thing in the sense of you've got, you've got that understanding and that knowledge that when you ask someone a question, they probably will like to talk about something God's doing. So engage them, ask a good question, be slow to speak. And then what I call is throw the bucket down. Throw the bucket down and you'll understand what this means from Proverbs 25. The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters. The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters. But a man of understanding, what? Draws them out. As you start relating to people more and more, and you start asking good questions, just listening, just really trying to tune into their heart, just realize that it may take a while to really get to know them, for them to feel comfortable, open up, but just keep throwing the bucket in. Right? Just keep drawing out their heart. You know, things they're excited about, their interests, and so on. And God starts to give you A heart-to-heart conversation. That's hard to accomplish in our world today unless we're incredibly intentional. But a man of understanding will draw it out. A woman of understanding will prioritize that. And then what do you start looking for as you're doing that? As you're throwing the bucket in to draw someone out. A couple things. You start looking for their interests. Philippians 2, 4 says, Each of you should not look out, should not only... Start again. (laughs) Each of you should not only... Look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. How many of you have just a list of interests in your life? I mean, your whole day, again, could be about your stuff and then what you want to do or rest or not do and accomplish and all that. Well, the person you're sitting next to has a similar kind of approach to life. They got things they want to do, people they want to see today. You know, they want to accomplish this and that this next week. And if we would just take our eyes off of our interests by the power of the Holy Spirit, and say, I want to get to know their interests. Like if Ron Wilson was standing up here, it would just take me a matter of seconds to find out he loves NASCAR, right? Remember Ron? He's out there with us doing a great job. Or if I got talking to him long enough, I knew it would be grandkids. Or if I kept talking to him, eventually, if I throw the bucket in enough times, he's going to be sharing about men's ministry and how much he loves seeing guys grow up to be leaders in the Lord and leaders in their family and in the church and so on. It's just like, right on, that's exactly the kind of stuff I want to hear from someone because now I'm getting to know their heart. And if Francis was up here and you just wanted to get to know him a little better, just talk about airplane food. I mean, these days he's all on the airplane food, right? All over. But, you know, his book, I mean, that's so cool that God used him to, to write this book. And, you know, what's he interested in? What could I do to help him with an interest in his life or a need in his life? Getting past my own, looking to the interests of others. And then secondly, and these really go together, be ready to mourn or rejoice with people. Be ready. Scripture says in Romans 12, 15, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. It seems easy to do the rejoicing, but the mourning is like, I just got over something. I don't want to go hang out with them. They're probably going to talk about their job, which is bumming them out. And, you know, or they went through this or I just... 
didn't want to be sad today, or I didn't want to be heavy today, I didn't want to be real serious. But you know what? We can go through life saying, I never want that. I think God just deserves, I deserve to have happiness and blessing and no issues and no thorns, just all roses and it's good and just, yeah, that's not life, is it? Jesus told us that. He goes, in this world, you will have, you're going to have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. And when you have trouble, another person in the body of Christ comes alongside you and starts mourning with you over the trouble and then starts doing something that can pull you out of that, praying for you, tuning in, asking, throwing the bucket down, drawing you out. How'd you feel about that? Tell me more. And then being a brother in Christ. When you're going through something really hard, do you need an expert to come and fix it all and have every answer? Is that what you're looking for? Once in a while. <laughs> but I mean, like, you kind of just want someone to be with. And you kind of want them to be okay with the fact that you need to process something and talk something out. And, and it could be like that word, you know, we call venting. Venting can be negative. We have to be careful. But just letting our heart come out to another person who cares. That's mourning with those who mourn and being totally cool with that. Because there are times when you're going to mourn over a loss of a job or something happened in your family or you know, a gal came up with, to me last service and she was saying she hasn't connected with her daughter for three years. And at the best I could for about two minutes, three minutes, I just tried to mourn with her, just say that just stinks. I just, I can't imagine. Three years? What that would feel like? Someone lives 10 minutes away and you haven't even talked? That's huge. She needs people to come alongside her and know that and pray for her and believe with her. And then at some point, the spiritual courage to try to reconnect again, even though you were rejected last time. That's really mourning with the body of Christ when they mourn. Do we know each other that well? And are we comfortable with each other to actually go, how you doing? And if they've got something heavy, just dive in there with them. And then help support them in the Lord, right? How about rejoicing? I think everything's an excuse for a barbecue, personally. <laughs> All right? Just get a slab of meat, just sit down, and just, wow, you... You didn't get a ticket today. Let's celebrate, you know, or you, you were home on time today. I mean, you look for excuses to say God is good. An answered prayer, you know, um, a raise. Something happened to one of your kids. You know, your marriage is at the best place it's ever been. Um, you finally painted the house. I don't know. You know, you, put, you, you could afford the gas for the barbecue, so you're celebrating that. And, you know, you just start looking to rejoice with each other. Why don't we do that more often? Kind of self-absorbed, <laughs> I think. But I think sometimes it's like, well, dang, I wish I had that going on in my life. We get jealous of other people and good stuff that's happening, and that's wrong. That's selfish. Get excited for what God's doing in their life. And be okay with boasting about the Lord. When Paul says there's only one thing I boast in and it's who. It's not even in a what, it's in a person. I boast about the Lord and in Him only, right? We should be boasting and feel really excited and comfortable just boasting in what God's doing in our life and do it with each other. So as you start to engage people, knowing you're firm in your identity in Christ, not worrying about their response or their reaction, you just go in faith and you start trying to discover their interests. And you do more listening than you do talking. And if you discover there's something they're mourning or something that's serious or a little heavy, you just join them in that. And then offer to pray with them. How long does it take you to pray, guys? Most people that I pray with, I mean, it can be 30 seconds or a minute. And you just, you just 
ask God to help him with that situation. You don't need to have the exact right perfect verse or to be able to lay out a whole theological structure in your prayer. Just God, John is hurting right now at work. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to stay. Would you give him your peace? Remind him you're there with him. Amen. Okay, seven and a half seconds, right? Whatever. It's really easy, but we need to step out in faith and do that and find out where people are at. No one has ever turned me down yet when I've said, hey, can I pray for you about that? 20-something years. I heard that once in a message, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty profound. Just ask people if you can pray. Hey, before we hang up, can I just pray for you about that? Uh, I've always gotten a yes or a sure or that'd be great. Every single time. How about you? Even my son told me that. He goes, when I just say, you know, can I pray for you? I mean, what are they going to (laughs) say? Almost like, what are they going to say? And of course, and it puts a God focus on whatever's going on. Hey, can I celebrate God on your promotion? That's great. Let's go grab some lunch or just, I just got to thank him right now with you. Just God, thanks so much for your blessing and your goodness to Steve right now. It's amazing. We celebrate and thank you. Amen. You'll never get turned down, but will you have the boldness to come alongside, whether they're mourning or rejoicing, and just bring the Lord into it? It's huge. The Holy Spirit will guide you if you ask Him to. Oftentimes, we try to figure something out. We try to go, you know, think it out through in our head. It would be much better just to say, God, right now, what would you like me to do? The Holy Spirit's a person, not a power, right? The Holy Spirit is a person who lives in us. Francis taught on that a few months back. He will communicate to you and whisper in your ear. You will know what to do if you say, God, what should I do right now? You you hang up the phone and you go, what should I do? You see your neighbor doing something or you know there's a need. Holy Spirit, what should I do? And he'll prompt you. He'll give you something on your mind to go do. It's really that easy. But then it takes spiritual courage to act and get next to him. So... Know your identity in Christ. That's the foundation from which you reach out, right? Engage people by being a really good uh, question asker and listen super careful. And then look, look for ways to use your spiritual gifts. And this is really key. God didn't say, you know what? You guys go figure it out in the flesh. He said, the Holy Spirit lives in you and I've given you spiritual gifts purposefully so that you could go do what with other people? What's the key word with spiritual gifts? It starts with an S. Okay, so you go serve someone else. God put things in our life so that we'd actually get past ourselves with the supernatural power of that gift and share it with that other person in order to do what? To bless them. How do we know that? Romans 1.11. This was Paul's whole focus for his ministry. He says this, Romans 1.11, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. This is the key. Underline this. To make you strong spiritually. To make you strong. Paul's focus with his life was, man, I just want to be with you and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just give me something that I can use to build you up, to make you strong. Coming alongside him to exhort him or teach them or lead them or do something. Give them a word of knowledge or something that can just help them understand what God's trying to do. That happened to me this morning and someone just came up and just shared that with me. They just felt the Lord wanted me to know something. I'm like... Wow, that's so cool. Someone cared enough. They were open to the Lord. The person came up, blessed me. That's the body of Christ, right? Someone needs to get their car jumped out here on the way out. So you just drop everything and you show up and you serve. What are your spiritual gifts and how can you use them 
to make someone else strong in the Lord. And then this, verse 12, Romans 1, 12. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So the ultimate goal is a win, win, win. Who wins? <laughs> okay, God, we know, won through the cross. He shares that victory with us in his amazing love. And if we go out and we start using our spiritual gifts to serve someone else in the body, we're going to make them strong. And in the process, what happens to you? You get worn out, empty, and burnt out. Is that what Scripture says? What's going to happen? What will happen is you seriously put your time and agenda aside, or yourself aside, and serve someone for their good. What's going to happen? You're going to be encouraged too. Paul, man, it really just, he knew he'd be encouraged. He knew he would get the best of God if he acted like God. And the Holy Spirit filled him for those purposes. Unfortunately, in the church today, we have too many people living with the Witham mentality. The W-I-F-M. What's in it for? And that's their whole mentality. I mean, I, I'm coming to church. Oh, great. This guy from Moorpark. You know, I had my friend here. I was hoping it would be Francis. You know, was like, shoot. You know, you know we're just, we just get like that, though. Is church going to work for me today? Is that my favorite song? It's, is that my favorite band? Is, is the air conditioning right? Is it, you know... And we go through a world like that. Is my car right? Is my job right? Is everything right for me? I will consume from the world. I'll even consume from the church for my purposes. And the Lord says, that's so backwards. I'm going to give you everything up front. You're going to have fullness in Christ. And the fullness is there for you to just release and let other people be blessed by it, right? 1 Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. There it is again. Whatever God's given you, spiritual gifts, an ability, you're great in the computer, you know how to dig a trench, <laughs> doesn't matter. You've got joy coming out of every pore in your body and to look for people to share it with. You're merciful and compassionate. You have a big van, that's going to come in handy. You got a flatbed truck, you just, what has God given you? And you just say, Lord, how can I use that to go bless and strengthen, and lift up, and bodybuild. It's building the body, right? You guys? It's all about that. Thank you, Lord. Yes. And then thank you, Lord, as it goes out. Um, every once in a while, I like doing interviews, because I think it's really cool to hear from someone. Um, so I want to ask Joe Futzbarger to come up. If he's in, I think he's in here. This. Oh. Joe. <laughs> Joe, what are you doing? Joe, geez, Joe, you're hiding again. Joe Futzbarger, a disconnected member of the body of Christ. Now, if you know foot and knees like I do, you'd be able to understand what he's saying, but just listen carefully. Where you been, Joe? Running around. Joe, how come you haven't been around so much? Well, he said he's a podiatrist and he's really busy. Joe, do you realize that you were made to be a foot connected to the what? The leg. It'll be much more fun if you actually run with the whole body connected to you. Well, you know what's sad? Is too many people in America and right here in Simeon in Moorpark, we look at Christianity as this me thing. It's just 
me and God, me and God, me and God. Francis talked about that. Me and God. Well, no, it's not you as a foot doing your own thing, running all over the place, doing your foot thing. It's no, you're supposed to be doing your foot thing connected to the knee thing, connected. There's a song, right? And as you're doing your part in the body, well, what's my part? I don't know if I'm a foot, a hand, a nostril, a piece of hair. What am I? The Lord will let you know. Go to Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, and you see the list of the spiritual gifts. You'll start to know whether you're a foot or an elbow. But once you discover that, you cannot stay disconnected. God calls you to harmonize together in the body of Christ and play the part. 1 Corinthians 12 gives us that whole analogy, right? We're one body with what? Different parts. One Holy Spirit, different gifts. That's what's cool is we're not cookie cutter the same. That'd be flat out boring, wouldn't it? The fact that people are different from you gives them ability to minister to you, right? It helps you grow. It's just the body of Christ, different but unified by the Holy Spirit. Great things happen. But the Bible knows nothing about detached organs, The Bible knows nothing about individual Christianity. The Bible knows nothing about isolated families. Nothing. You won't find it. You look at Acts 2, you look at the whole spread of Christianity. It was all about those one another's. How many one another's are there in Scripture? 5, 10, 20, keep going, 30. I think I, I lost count around 40 or 50 on my Bible program the other day. It's about us one anothering one another. And the power of God shows up as we do that because that's his design and his plan. Now, if you need a little more motivation, three other verses. I think this will nail it, nail it shut for us. You ready? Galatians 5, 6 says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that matters is not how many verses you know. It's not how doctrinally straight or crooked you are. The Lord will work that out in time. The only thing that really matters is that our love is being expressed to other people, right? Not where we live, what we drive, a reputation, anything. It's just that our love is being expressed in faith. And it takes faith to do what we're talking about today, to get past yourself and connect at a deep level with someone else's heart. It takes faith. And the Lord said, it's the only thing that counts. And then secondly, he says, it's absolutely foolproof. Absolutely foolproof will not, what? Fail. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Love never, can you finish it? Fails. Now I want everyone to say this together. This is God's truth. Love never fails. If you go out in the name of the Lord and give someone a cup of cold water, the Lord says, I won't even forget it let alone the blessing it'll be to that thirsty person. If you go out and make a call, if you connect with someone in your small group and serve them, looking to understand their interests and their needs and really get alongside it and just love them, God says that'll never, ever fail. Even if they don't receive it, you're doing it in such a way that it's successful in your walk and in God's will and His design. His will is that we would go out in love and live a life of love. That we would connect and express his love and faith like we've been talking about. And it won't ever fail. God takes note and he knows your heart. And if you go into your whole week and don't love many people, you're, you're then choosing to fail. But your love expressed to others, however received or rejected, will not fail. 
because God said it honors him and glorifies him. Is that awesome? So as we go out today and we go out this week, what about, what about four or 5,000 of going out and loving and connecting like this? Huge things will happen in all kinds of ways, maybe like never before. And then lastly, how's this for, uh, it's the best way to live. Jesus said it. He goes, it's better to uh, what? Give than to receive. The world tells you you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy to believe that. That is a statement from the God of the universe that your life will be fuller, happier, more joy, more blessed. Not that he's going to erase trouble from your life. You will have more of God's design and purposes and plan in your life if you live that out more than you ever have. That it's really better for me to give a giver than waiting to receive. So God calls every single one of you an initiator. You're an initiator. You can go initiate and engage people in your life right now, in your community right now. You don't sit back because the faith of God in you, the Holy Spirit, gives you that energy. The love of Christ compels you. It just keeps compelling you. You can't help it. And I didn't trip. <laughs> I mean, you can't help it. If the love of God is in you and growing, you won't be able to help it. If you're not, then you look at the love of God. You go, I guess I haven't really understood my identity in Christ. I guess I'm still so insecure. I can't start a conversation because I'm fearful. What am I going to say next? Or how would they view that? I, can't, I don't know if I can walk next door. I don't know. You're still living in fear. When our identity in Christ is set, we can go out in the power of the Holy Spirit and engage people and serve them in love with all the things that God's already put in our life. Does that sound like an adventure? He said you can't fail at it. That's awesome. What else is there like that in life? You can't fail at it. Go love people the way God has loved you. You ready to do that today? How about right now? We did this in Moore Park, and no one died. It was great. Okay, so what I want you to do for just seven, eight minutes or so is I want you to just circle up as best you can in rows with five or six people max. Try to not let just a twosome or one person hang out. It does scare some, but anyway. Um, just kind of pull together five or six people, and this is what I want you to do. I want you just to share something you're just jazzed about, something that God's doing you're like celebrating. Or if there's something that's heavy or a trial right now, something you're mourning about, just something you'd like prayer about, just kind of throw that out. And then I'd like someone in the circle to just go, hey, I'll pray for that. And at the end, when everyone's done kind of sharing... You just pray for that. Someone says, I'll close, and you just let people pray as they want to pray. You don't have to even pray out loud. And you can just hang out and listen the whole time, too. That's totally cool. But the body of Christ would, would really be cool today if we just kind of said, hey, let's do it now. <laughs> All right? So where are you rejoicing, or where are you mourning, or where is there a praise or a prayer request, however you want to say that? And just five or six people just share that. Make sure you know each other's first name. And just do it and let the Holy Spirit lead your time. I guarantee in seven seconds when I'm done, you'll relax and it'll be cool. All right? So gather up real quick. Seven, eight minutes. Share briefly and pray for one another. Okay, you guys. We're going to... Uh, I got to ask you to stop. You got to stop loving each other, okay? Uh... Now, that wasn't too scary, was it? Did your heart rate get back down to resting point? Okay, all right. Well, we're going to have a time of worship. Um, and during this time, um, the ushers are going to be coming down in just a moment to uh, pass out communion. 
So this is going to be a really cool time, just as a body, just remembering the Lord together through communion. Uh, it'll just be passed, and as you're ready, as you're worshiping, just from a thankful heart, you know, confess any sin that's there, just know you're clean in the Lord, and just celebrate, right? Do that as you feel led after you have the elements, the ushers will pass those down the ropes. Keep worshiping Him, if you need prayer over here in the prayer room, um, there'll be a prayer team waiting to pray for you, and if today the Lord is, is calling you to Himself to receive salvation, boy, just don't neglect that, right? And uh, if you need to be baptized today... We'd love to do that as well. So just head over to the corner here and we'll take care of all that. But just let's worship them together.